Hey guys, this is Alex Henry Foster, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new edition of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny, along with a very special guest, Canadian singer-songwriter, author, and activist, best known for fronting the Montreal alternative rock band, your favorite enemies, Alex Henry Foster. Quite the honor, man. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today in IUF. You know, this is an important yet exciting time of the year for you with the re- latest release, uh, Standing Under Bright Lights live album from the Montreal Jazz Festival LP releasing April 16th on Hopeful Tragedy Records. Now, I want to say congratulations on all of the well-deserved recognition it's been getting so far, especially with that breathtaking and emotional Son of Hannah single that dropped recently. You know, shout outs to the other revered publications like American Songwriter, Brooklyn Vegan, Prague Magazine. I've said so much already and there's just so much to <laughs> unravel. But, you know, I just want to ask a very important question, Alex, before we get to all that. How are you, man? I know you're in Virginia right now. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes, I'm great. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be on the show, honestly. And uh, I was looking forward to it because I love the format. I love how um, natural we can be. It's not about like selling anything. It's really a conversation. So I was really looking forward to it because you never know, you know, when, when you've got that connection, that's, that's the, the most, at least for me, the most uh, important thing when you're talking with someone is to have that connection rather than trying to just to have like, your little lines to, to to pitch your things yeah so so that's why i was very happy it's very beautiful here in virginia so now spring's slowly coming so it's very i'm i'm very blessed i'm very happy no i'm happy to have you here as well and i know you uh you're originally from montreal we talked about True, this yeah. in a pre-interview yes. what's the um so what's the biggest change or difference you have noticed between the two places you've resided like is the music scene drastically changed for you like what is it about virginia that stands out to you uh, I think it's 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 com- obviously it's completely different because I'm from um, the island of Montreal. A lot of people are are moving in because it's very artsy. You've got a lot of um, diversity. It's it's rich culturally, and you've got all sorts of genres of music and art and food and people in general are super awesome. And you've got like two main uh, cultures which are French and English, and you get all the others that are coming with. And so there's no real differences. We don't feel like there's differences between people. We don't, we don't think or see um, the other people like this through what they look like or um, the language they speak, their religion or whatever. This is really like, okay, let's share. Let's, 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 let's create something. So there's a lot of things coming from the outside. You're inspired by a lot of things going on around you. And which is awesome. But in Virginia, when I came here, I moved here right after I I spending like two years in Morocco in Tanger. So that was already a big change. You know, I was living in the middle of the old city, very artsy as well. But it's the people, the way they live, that was very um, inspiring. But again, it was something that was coming from a bit of the outside, the outside world, because you're always, you know, stimulated by something that's very inc- incredible here in virginia i live in the mountains and it's completely different it's very calm it, so the inspiration needs to come from within so because you know i i never really i, I didn't I, I grew up what like um living in in in, in, in 
projects. You know what I mean? You know that type of that yeah. Type of I mean, I mean, where... having Dallas is full of them, so I can definitely <laughs> relate to that. Like, <laughs> you realize pretty quickly that you're 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 like maybe 15 years past. You know. Uh, trendy when you go to school with different in a different district, you know that's yeah. hey, that's very futuristic. <laughs> so I never like been very attracted to uh, the the notion of nature and things like that. A lot of people that have had the um, the privilege to, to I don't know to 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 go in different places and to have like um, you know I and I, I grew up I didn't have like a backyard so. I wasn't like, oh my God, you know, here's like, this is like a tree or birds. And so here it's a yeah. complete different environment because it's, you need to, you're, you're, you're part of something um, greater than yourself and you cannot wait for other people to uh, inspire you. You need to find inspiration from within, from the environment you're in. So, and, and it's more about musing a using about life rather than being in the stream of life. So that's the big difference between being in a place where it's, it's fast paced, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's the East coast. So there's a lot of thing going on and you're always looking for the new thing here. If you don't pay attention, everything looks the same. So that could be for someone like me, you know, coming here at first, I was like, you know, at the beginning, yeah. it was awesome, great. It's a wonderful place, very isolated, very quiet. But as much as I wasn't able to wake up in the morning hearing like feedbacks and noise because I was like living with the other, the other bandmates. So after a while here, you know, when you're just like, hmm, you know, I'm wondering what's going on outside. Kind of looks like yesterday, you know. So you need to, to have a better understanding of what's within rather than just looking for something exterior to to be that stimulation that you need so that's different i'm already too spiritual <laughs> uh, there's no such thing as being spirit too spiritual by the way i can relate to that again you know uh and you said it perfectly because it's easier said than done to be involved in the things that you're involved in you touched on morocco for a second i do want to talk about that a little bit later which is uh, i'm excited to talk about that and but i want to touch on you know Alex, you've been at this for over 10 years in your career, probably even longer than that. You know, whether it's your uh, solo work or the Riddlers or your favorite enemies or the Long Shadows. And I want to ask, you know, how was the live experience and the touring life for you personally? Because you've done some extensive touring throughout your career. You know, you've toured through yeah. Canada, Europe, Asia, Australia, US. And now, you know, we talked about this again pre-interview. We're all taking an unexpected step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation of of the touring life considering we're a year removed from that experience yeah but you know what's what's very strange for me it's when when i was with especially with your favorite enemies because we toured so much and i never been able to really appreciate any of it because i was always like so anxious i was always having those kind of like panic attacks, like stage fright. And, and it was very, very difficult for me. And I was like, to the point where I got ill, very like uh, seriously ill. And, but we kept going and going and going because you don't want to be the one who's telling, especially, you know, telling your friends, well, you know what guys, I don't feel really comfortable in that, in that environment. So mm. 
you know, see you later. <laughs> so that was very, very difficult for me to the point where the way I was trying to cope with that was that when I was on stage, in order to, to conquer that fear, it became like a self-destructive kind, kind of um, emotion because I was like jumping from second floor balcony and for everybody in the crowd, I mean, that, it must have been like very entertaining, but it's not very sustainable if you want to live a little longer, you know? I've seen those and, videos. <laughs> <laughs> so, and for me, I was like becoming, I had to become something else. And, 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 and when I left and I took like, a, I, I had to take a little break from, from that band, that was something that I needed to address and, and to realize that for me at that point, it wasn't necessarily that I was like scared of being on stage. It was more like, fear of failure, fear of um, to, to disappoint, to not to be able to connect with people and to, to, to fail yourself, to fail the people around. And it was, it's something that you, it, it, you cannot very comprehend because it, it's very emotional. And, and when you're in that, in that motion, it, it's just like going faster and faster and faster until you can take it no more. And so I wasn't able really to, to appreciate as much as, as I should have had because we, we were so blessed. I mean, to tour the world, we, we never had like a plan to say, well, okay, we're going to do that. And then, you know, here we are. So we're coming from nothing. We're completely independent. Do it yourself. Only the, the power of friendship. But at the end of that motion, it was so self-destructive that I had to take a, a little break. And that's why now with that project, because I went through so much introspection and, and went through um, also I've been able to mourn my father and all those things. I think that I've been able to not only to appreciate it more, but I'm just, I'm just comfortable to be myself. And then yeah. not to, I, I'm still, you know, stressed, anxious, doing interviews. I'm still not very comfortable. And, and there's always that shadow that comes with me that I'm oh, okay. Well, what's, what's, what's going on. But now, and that's what I realized during the last tour we did um, in Europe, that it was okay to, to say, well, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to be a little bit more stressed and anxious. So now I just need to, to, to take it slow a little and just to, you know, to appreciate and to, to go and talk with people. So my, the way I've been able to, to go through that was to, to connect with people in, in a very uh, personal way before the, before the shows, after. So you've got that sense of community. So it's not about you no more. It's about connecting with people. So that's, that's what I, I really, really um, rediscovered because at the beginning of, of your favorite enemies, that was really, that was really what, what was driving me in such a way. But I kind of lost it because suddenly, oh, you're, you're, there's expectations. Oh, suddenly you're on the radio. Oh, suddenly you're, you're being offered like big gigs. And then you're, it's, it's just like, wait a minute, you know? And then everybody's kind of looking at you, obviously, because I was like the most talented. No, no. <laughs> no that, <laughs> that's you're true. Everybody's <laughs> looking at you. And everybody's looking at you. You know, and there's some kind of an expectation and it, and it goes when, when you when you're not able to to deal with that and you're not in an, you're not surrounded by people that have a bit more experience so well you know what it's normal because it's it, you're, you're you're having difficulties to to cope with um 
and and to that level, I mean, yeah. it's not even like being like to be a celebrity whatsoever, but just to have people that are expecting you and that they want to connect with you. It's for me coming from my little place in Montreal, where the only connection I had with people was after after school when people were coming to beat me up. So that was very different to be suddenly like someone who was like looked after. So for me, that was a, a very difficult process that got um, that got me. Um, yeah, in a very dark place. But I think that's the beautiful thing when you take a break and you're able just to face yourself and just say, well, okay, so what's going on here? Yeah. You know, what's what it's so so that's why it's a long it's it's a long answer, but it's right now I'm living it, it's like um renaissance of something. You know, you're 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 able to rediscover things, you're what what wasn't that tasty before and and bitter in a way, now you're able to appreciate it because you're just like, hey. Let's share. So that was that's my mindset right now. I, I think everything that you've been talking about, and good God, that really resonated with me. Considering I was born in Bangladesh, I grew up poor. I had I had nothing, and now I'm here, you know, hosting one of my favorite artists on my own show. Like you know, I, I get what you're saying because it's easy yeah. to lose track of yourself during all that success. You need to push everything, at least I think, to the side to actually just regain your focus, figure out who you are. Why were you doing this in the first place? And I think you have a clearer image on, you know, on what you're about. Does that make sense? You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, but that's also allowing yourself to, to connect with really with what's going on within and, and to allow yourself also to say, well, you know, we're evolving, we're, we're growing. I know it's, it, it sounds like, you know, kind of strange to say, but when, when you're starting that and the only, the, the only desire you have is to spend some time with your friends and to, to have like, you know, gigs here and there. And, and you're, you're writing music that, that it's coming, especially for us, that it's coming really from what you're living and, and maybe the struggles, expectations or what you might dream of. And suddenly when you realize that it resonates with other people and you don't want to be turned into like a spoke person for those emotions, but mm. you don't, you don't quite understand at first, you know, you just go with the flow. And at one point, you know, it's fun because it is, it's amazing. But, and then you're, you're just like trying not to, to draw on, you know, you're in the flow, but suddenly you're just like losing your step and you just don't know what's going on Exactly. And to the point where you don't appreciate anything no more. And you don't just don't want it there. And I think that for me, the, it, it, I just had it in my face. When my when my 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 father passed, four days after, we were headlining um, a huge festival in Taiwan in front of ninety thousand people. And honestly, I just it just, and I don't say that because just to, to brag about it because it was so, I wasn't able to feel anything. I was just like there doing my little my little rodeo whatever, and I just realized just like. Who in the world would would be here? Kind of like, like why am I here? Yeah, I mean, what's what's going on? And and that moment kind of broke something inside. And after that, I kept going for a while. But when I stopped, that was a, one of the first things that I that I that it was important for me to revisit. And I think that to 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 kind of let go of that to to learn 
And then you're, you're in the healing motion where you can say, well, okay, it's crazy. So that's, that's, that's why for me now, everything, especially that with your favorite enemies, it it, it was, it, it it had a, a certain identity to the, this whole thing. You know, you're with your friends and there's a certain, you were doing things a certain way. And now I don't have that pressure no more. It's really something that it's completely um, free. And that's something that I like because it's about the spirit of the music rather than, you know, how, how cool of a riff I can have in, you know, a radio single. So right now it's just, it's completely different. And I don't say that it wasn't good, that it, it's, it's not even judgmental. It's, it's just something else that I wanted to explore, something else that I wanted to yeah. touch just to see what was there. And, and when, when I had the opportunity to go back on the road, that was something that I wanted to, to share with the people, you know, that moment, that, that, that essence of being in, in, in the now and to see where it leads us rather than just like, well, you know, I've got all those songs, everything is canned, everything is organized and boom. So here comes the show. Yeah. And uh, this is something that's very important to me when I read about this, because speaking of sharing uh, now, Alex, I know you're a big advocate for human rights and social activism, like I mentioned earlier, yeah. and it's something that you take to heart. And uh, in June of 2020, you know, I saw this, you, you launched a campaign called Silence is Murder, you know, in the face of like racial and social injustices and violence outbreaks happening around the world. You know, I mean, Dallas was a, just a mess. And um, a couple of months later, Following the loss of a dear friend of yours in France to suicide, you launched another campaign and mask collection called Alive Never Alone and to raise awareness about suicide and mental health issues. And those proceeds went to the Montreal organization, Suicide Action Montreal. And uh, coming from someone who uh, myself who deals with mental illness as well, like I I absolutely loved what you did. What What was your biggest personal takeaway from those specific experiences? I think it was to just, it's always difficult to, to talk about that because you don't want to put yourself in front of, you know, the reasons why you're doing it. And for me, it's, it's really because I was, I was moved. I was touched, but also because I felt powerless for a moment when I saw images, when I saw reactions and, and when everything kind of burst out, I was honestly, a lot of people were, were writing to me and were just like, we need to do something. And I was like trying to say, well, what can I do that might be beneficial and positive in the midst of something that it's almost impossible to find any kind of, you know, positive. Yeah. So that was very, that was very difficult for me at first because you're, you know, at the very beginning, I was like so proud. So well, I'm an activist, and, and sometimes when you're when you're too much into it, you kind of lose the perspective that um, it's it's not about you and your cause. It's about the people. It's about connecting with people. And when you're too much into it, you kind of lose the perspective of the people around. And and when alive came for me, I was like devastated. I was devastated. I was like, I was so sad and. I didn't know how to approach this. How can you talk about such a very delicate subject? There's no, you know, there's, there's no way you can, you, you can find words to share about something that it's very difficult to comprehend. And at the same time, that it's difficult to understand 
in a very deep way. So, so it's through connecting with people. So rather than being an activist, you know, you're, you're, become, you're it's good to take a little step back and just to say, well, let's, let's, let's connect on the, uh, the human connection here. So what do we have here? Rather than joining the parade and, 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 and to, to be in the hoorays and the hurrah and the, you know, yeah, I, I like to take a, a step aside now and just to, to look around and see people for who they are, regardless of yeah. where they stand in the spectrum of life, you know, maybe like socially, politically, religiously. I don't care about that no more. You know, I, yeah. I'm not looking for my peers. I'm looking for someone that might be looking for someone else as well. So then you can, instead of, um, that's what I, that's what I'm, I've been reflecting about a lot recently. You know, when you're inviting people, you're inviting people in your own environment, in your own setup, in your own mindset. When you're welcoming someone, it feels like it's more of a communion than you're allowing that other person to be, um, whatever that person is, and then you can, you, you can bridge. So that's where I am right now. And that's why with the Alive um, project, that's really what got me into that motion rather than just being an activist and just like, well, we need to, you know, we need to stand up. And I always been that guy, you know, just like, oh, wait a minute, what's going on? <laughs> oh, so, no, no, I, I, I understand. <laughs> No, I, I understand. I, I, Alex, just, Alex, you're one of the most humble people I've ever had on their show. And I think I think with everything that you just mentioned, you know, uh, kind of just standing up for what's right. It, I at least I can attest to that. You know, I feel like it's important to find solace in midst of all this chaos. And you have been doing that. You've been channeling channeling your I guess uh, trying to way to a way to be productive instead of just sitting there and just kind of just wallowing in the misery because. I've been there, you know, I, I, it's, it's been a constant. It's human mind. nature. It's normal. Yeah. 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 So I think it just goes hand in hand with everything that you've done. And I, I hope you continue to do it. You know, I know it's, again, this goes back to like, you know, you know, putting out the records you have because like, okay, it's lazy lose focus on who you are as a person. If you have all the success, it's the same thing. It's the same thing with, you know, being an activist, being a, a social, a social rights, you know, kind of a leader in that aspect. And, um, Again, I'm just a fan out of millions out there. I hope you don't lose that. And I, I think you should, I love that, what you're doing with it. So thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate you doing that. Now, I know we covered it. Tell me out. If I do, if I do change, <laughs> tell me out. I'm just like, hey, you. <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to help you book a show in Dallas. So we're going to stay in touch, obviously, after this. Um, of now course, we I hope so. We will. And uh, I know we covered everything from head to toe. Let's, I promise we'll talk about that new live album now. Standing Under Bright Lights Sorry, comes bro. out <laughs> April 16th. <laughs> On Hope and Tragedy, it's like, why are we even doing this interview? Like, we should just stop right there. <laughs> um, now, this is a follow-up to the 2018's epic solo album, Windows in the Sky. That, uh, for my listeners who don't know, that album debuted at number three on the Canadian Top 200, number one on Canadian, Canadian iTunes, scored a nomination for the Best Album of the Year in Canada while being internationally acclaimed, added to several Best Albums short shortlists all over the world. Um, I mean there's not enough great things I have to say about that. And you've been compared to the likes of, you know, Nick Cave and Sonic U with Mogwai, Godspeed You, Black Emperor. These two releases back to back, Alex, for me, you know, it just felt so cathartic, so transcending, one of the most emotional and atmospheric listens that I've, that I've experienced. But this all started before 
this all started before that with the personal dear loss of your father. May he rest in peace. And now you mentioned that briefly earlier. If you just want to talk about that specific timeline for a second, and that led to the releasing to this live performance and album, because you also mentioned how it was an emotional detox for you during those five years, correct? Sure. Yeah. I think that when, just like it's when, when we release our last album with your favorite enemies and it kept going on and on and on and on. And, and I was like in a position where I wasn't able to be pushed. Um, yeah. I wasn't able to be in that position no more. And, but, and when my dad passed, just something, just like I said, just broke. And I was very, I was kind of lost because I was, the way he was, because I, I, I had the chance to, we, we, we never been in really good terms um, up to that, that point. And, but I'm so fortunate that I've been able to be with him at, at the very end. And my father was a really, um, a man of faith. And so at the end of his life, just to see him like being so joyful. And for me, just like freaked me out. It was just like, wait a minute. I mean, this is just crazy. And even though I was very happy for him, obviously, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to leave and go and be miserable. <laughs> but for me, it was like very conf con confronting in my, where I was in my life because I wasn't happy. I was in complete denial of my own, um, with my own issues, mental issues. So then we kept, I kept going after, but then at one point I had to stop and I said, well, I need, I need to go. I need to leave for a moment and see what happened. And then I left for, for Morocco for Tanger. Right. And so it was supposed to be like a, maybe a month or so. I just like put myself and so, well, you know, I'm going to write the next record. And, you know, I just needed like something to give me a reason to go there because obviously it wasn't about me and, and going into an emotional detox. I mean, you know, so it just gave me like, I just needed an excuse just to rely to and just to talk with everybody, you know, just to control the, the narrative, just, you know, and I'm good. No worries, guys. Now it's time to move on. And, but I was completely, completely in a total burnout, yeah. depressed. So, and that time, that one month turned into two years. And that was a very pivotal moment for me because then I had the decision to, to take of just um, to keep feeding that illusion all the time and just becoming something that I knew I wasn't no more or just to, to say, well, again, I'm going to take a chance and dive in and see what's, what's there to understand or what's there to, to, to address that keeps me uh, in such a state of, you know, being so desperate and so miserable. So that's really that became and it was a slow process obviously and then i kept writing and writing and writing and all the nonsense and all the things that you know that you want to just throw out and you know because you know shit you know what i mean just like no and but slowly i realized that it was it was becoming a little bit clearer and then i've been i was starting to write a little bit more with clarity i would say or more honesty Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't about like me pretending no more. It was really just me being like, well, I'm completely lost. I just don't understand anything no more. Where what's going on with, with my life? Where I lost myself. 
So then I was writing in that book. And when I went, and then I had a studio there because I had to do something of my life. You know, after two years, you're just going to go, just can't stay there and drink some tea, you know? <laughs> you could. I hate them. Hey, I heard the tea. I heard the tea is point. amazing out there. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Anyway, we could talk about that in a whole you gotta, separate you, episode. You gotta get decent, you know? <laughs> so, so I had like a little studio and I was like doing um, uh, movie scores. And, but then I started to, to, to record some of those songs and it was very out of complete ambition. I was not even looking to, to release those songs. It was completely in a, in a free format. I wasn't, you know, really thinking about, about it much. And later when I decided to, to release it, it was really for me. I didn't even know if I, what I wanted to do with it. And so that's why it's, I'm always kind of smiling and laughing when people are saying, Oh, you know, it's just like the record you, you charted this, this, this. And, but for people who were in the room, when we, when we were talking about releasing the record and me, I was like, you know, like this and, uh, you know, I'm just, I just don't know. It's so personal. I, I don't know if I want to be like put in that position again. I just don't know if I want to keep going, like doing music. And, you know, I was like, I was the, the smallest little thing in a corner of the room and now people, yeah, it's been like, yeah, you charted and, you know, and I just get it. it I smile because it, it's those, it, you know, those moments reminds you like um, how precious it is to, to be honest with yourself and just to say, well, I took a chance, but I, I was surrounded by wonderful people around me that just like told me like, look, dude, I know it's difficult for you, but I think it would be, if, if you want to, we'll be there if whatever happens and then we'll be there to support you, whatever, you know. And then after, and for me, it was like, okay, uh, that's under the radar, you know, just like no promo, no nothing. So then I'm safe. You know, I did it. I released it, you know, conscience clean. Now we can, I, I can, now we can drink some tea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now we can go back and, you know, and spend like a few more years you know, release an album. So then I've got my credentials for a three more years of drinking teas. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, but then it just like blew out and just like, and then I really freaked out because yeah, that big wave of the past came back. I just like all the anxiety and everything. And, and, but it was good because I had to say, well, okay, it's, it's true. It's real. I really feel like this. I'm, 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 completely over my head right now i need to take some time and so i really took it slow i didn't i didn't really knew how to address it i i didn't want to do like much press i did like a few interviews with people that i knew that i respect that i was happy to be like you on their show or um in their magazine and but really like things that were where I felt um, comfortable and kind of in a safe place at that point. And so, I, I, and I left it there like this. And after I had like the opportunity to do uh, the Montreal jazz fest and I didn't want to do it at first. I wasn't my, 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 my biggest fear was to go on stage and just to, freeze and just like well and just i'm sorry guys i need to leave and i'm just not comfortable and because you know all those songs were so 
intimate and I didn't know if I would be able just to to be able to live and share those songs rather than just like perform the songs. Yeah. So but I kept you know I, I kept going and then I figured well if if we are like 11 people on stage so then maybe I won't feel like I'm the only guy stuck there you know in front of everybody it was because for me people that, that, that like, makes wow, it easier amazing, you know? <laughs> i can <laughs> and, relate to that too would, yeah exactly it's so like you want to you like, want to share this with me if you stand with me it'll, it'll be easier <laughs> yeah, then i can actually do what i want guys <laughs> it's on you guys and you uh yeah and then we slow we i slowly started to just to allow myself to to rediscover those songs and and i didn't want to lose the perspective of what those songs meant you know by playing them over and over and over again. So the way the way I approached it was like, okay, we need to we need to be a very fluid kind of band because I'm gonna call the shot like live, whatever I feel it. So then it it, it was very weird for the rest of the band. We're just like, you know, oh wow, that sounds like a very good idea. And then everybody's kind of like, it's crazy. <laughs> So it was very um, all the pros and 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 it was very it became something more um, emotionally driven because it was in the midst of the moment rather than just like okay and two three yeah. then switch you know can, uh, can I add something to that because yes um, of course uh, by the way Alex I'm gonna tell you something one more thing if it wasn't for the music you put out I would not be here today so I know you talk about how you don't want to lose the impact of the original song you don't want to you don't want to uh how do you say you don't want the song to lose its tenacity its strength its purpose by performing it over and over which is easy to do a lot of bands do it in festivals tours now then i totally get it but 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 look at this the reason why we connected is because i mean not only for the past work but because of this work specifically at a time like now i just think it's just that much more impactful anyway um okay Back to what I was going to say, you know, you talked about the 11 piece band that was put together. Uh, you talked about the, to me, it was an immersive cinematic experience. It didn't even yeah, feel sure. like a show anymore at that point. And it was a movie projection, like produced by you. And then you had the award-winning light uh, engineer, Pascal Boyley. He created that unique scenic installation. I mean, look at everything that I'm just talking about. You put this work out there for the world to see. And I think, I think you did the songs justice, which it, I think it, it's easy for any artist to say, I think for any fan to say, it's like, okay, you should have done this, 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 but man, you went all out. And I, I think it's definitely something to be proud of. Um, now standing in our bright lights, that also features, like I said earlier, that never released song, uh, son of Hannah with Ben Lemelin, your uh, mm -hmm. longtime creative producer, um, co-producer and creative partner on, on windows in the sky as well. And he also decided to work on the concert film and on the upcoming book yeah. titled, If Only the Voices in My Head Couldn't Lie. Is that true? True. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that's. <laughs> you've, got, uh, you've got a lot of information. I'm scared now. No, no, no. It's, it's, what it's, else it's... do you know? What else do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really excited to, to see all this work that you put out. But but what, I, what I'm trying to get at is describe that relationship with you and uh, Ben. You know, what is it about him? And that brings out some of your best work. Cause I know you talked about the many people you've collaborated with. Let's talk about him for a second. I know he's important to you. I don't want to talk about anybody else. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Next topic. It's all about me. It's all about We're me. all on a lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Alex Henry Foster. 
<laughs> Don't you okay. get it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a solo act now. Please. Oh, um, man, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ben is, is a wonderful, first, he's a wonderful person, very, very, very talented. But I think that beyond that is the fact that we've been able to create our own language also in a way because um, we're coming from complete different places. You know, is a real... Um, he was like, in, he grew up in metal, like dark, you know, like it, it wasn't dark enough, you know, like it, it needs to be darker than whatever might be like as dark as possible. And me, I was coming from like more of the uh, Sonic Youth, experimental, you know, all the nonsense that you can like, you can say, oh, wow, this is amazing. And everybody's kind of like, yeah, but doesn't know how to play guitar. Yeah, but it's not about that. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. So and 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 we bridged something like this because it was about creating something that wasn't um tangible in a way because i he knew ben was sensitive enough to understand because we're very good friends he's one of my best friends and he knew um i think he, he had a, a very um yeah good understanding of what i've been through and, and why i'm doing music so when we're talking about the I want to touch the invisible, you know, just like most of the people around would be like, here, here, here we are again, you know, just like, Oh, maybe it's time for the night. Will I you know, time to go to bed. But what, with, with, <laughs> I can, I can just ben. imagine like whenever you do a show, jobs, we're just going to be like, well, here they go again. Like that's just going to be like an inside joke now going <laughs> exactly. on forward. <laughs> exactly. And, but Ben has been able to understand that, I didn't want to go. Um, you need to leave those songs the freedom to to evolve beyond yourself. Because when when you're looking for absolute, and that's what I experienced before uh, in different setup, it's the fact that you have so much a clear understanding of those songs that they cannot breathe. You know, it's those songs will be the same forever. But me, I was looking for something completely different. I was looking for something that can that has the um, the ability to evolve. And, 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 and guide us somewhere else rather than me guiding mm. the whole thing. I was looking for something that would be um, alive, something that would be able to grow if I'm out of the way, if I let go. And, and that's very difficult to do because it, it, you need to rely a lot of your instinct and you need to trust your gut feeling rather than, oh yeah, that part is awesome. Because when, when we were rehearsing, and that was the biggest, the, the biggest thing for Ben was to unlearn everything he knew and everything he was relying to because, oh yeah, that's an awesome part. And so, yeah, but no, nah, I just, I don't, I just don't feel it. And you're just like, uh, okay. Just like, uh. yeah, sometimes <laughs> so for me, I, I, I should think that's that a good thing. To, uh, sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was going to say, I think that's no, no, a good no, no, thing no, to no, have no. someone to say, okay, I don't feel it. I think that allows uh, a chance for you to push yourself further as a musician and artist and individual, I think. It doesn't mean that I'm always right, but the mm -hmm. thing is, it's not about being right or wrong. It's about the honesty that you want to put yourself, uh, how, how deep do you want to go? And that's the, and that's, that was the biggest challenge for Ben because, you know, it, it could have been very easy to, to do the same to do a different version of what we, we we did in the past and that we knew worked that we knew oh, okay we can like, let's do we can do like um 30 minute song but as long as we have a four minute version you know what i mean yeah so there's always that in the back of your mind so me i was like 
I didn't care at all. So, so I guess that's why people are calling that music progressive or something because probably because it doesn't have any sense in any of those songs. So that must be progressive music. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly. An experimental. Yeah, I, yeah, and I think it, yeah, that's why I was really excited to talk about Ben because I know it's it's uh, I think it's important to share that you know with some people who are who know about the work that you do intimately and with the work you yeah. know the, the lyrics also to, yeah. to his credit i think that ben really um was disposed to he, he was he was he made himself available emotionally you know sometimes yeah. you can just work and do your thing and you do your magic it's so it's awesome and it's great and but I think that he, he really um, immersed himself in, in those songs to the point where when we were talking or sharing, it wasn't about like, oh, it wasn't about riffs. It was about sections. It was like, OK, but this is something that, oh, what's that? You know, just like, oh, that's very interesting. And it was some of those songs were tracked live. You know, I, um, I did like I had like an amazing studio in Montreal. We, we we transformed like a church into a professional studio, but I did most, most of the, the vocals here in, in Virginia, you know, in a place where, you know, you can, you can hear, you know, everything outside. And it was just a different setup. I just, I just, I just wanted to be uh, real. And that's yeah. something that was very, pre that was the most important things for me. Important thing for me. Do you see standing under bright lights as a snapshot of where you are in a certain time in your life, looking back? I think I think it was at you know the record Windows in the Sky was a an emotional and personal moment of intimacy while standing on the bright lights was taking a chance to connect with the people beyond the music and beyond the words but through the words and music it, it's got it's kind of weird but just to go to stand under that light and just like well to assume and to take ownership but at the same time to say look it's it's Let's let's commute, let's create something. Let's let's see if all together we can experience something that would be so special that we'll we'll know like down the road. So and that's why it, it took some time before I I even like thought about oh yeah we should like release that album or that concert. It was the first concert I ever did with this in this setup of those songs. So yeah. it was really not something that I was looking for. For me, the only thing that mattered was to really connect with the people and just to say, well, thank you for, honestly, it was just like, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for giving me a, a chance to share that with you and to honor my father's memory and to, you know, to discover those songs from different, all different angles and, and, and to, to be uplifted by that moment that we share. So that was really about it. The rest of it, with, I would have freaked out if anyone would have told me like, oh, you know, we should do like a, a record, a movie with this and this and this and this. It would have been like a real disaster. So I'm glad that nobody told told me anything beforehand, that it was only for us. That oh, you don't worry, Alex. Don't worry. We'll deal that later. So Yeah, no, no. Thank you for doing <laughs> what you did. And I think it's okay. In light of the songs not losing their energy just their impact on it. Let's make the next show with Dallas. <laughs> so I know you don't oh, have a lot man. of shows. <laughs> we'll but, figure that, that we should do that. I, that, that, that should be perfect. You know, you know, what's, what, what, what was, what's crazy is with that concert, it was supposed to be a one-off thing, you know, 
I did it great. Just like releasing the record before. So I'm done, you know, conscience clean, let's move on. And, but then through that uplift, I, I, I found a lot of them um, of comfort and a lot of them. Um, um, it's like I, I was able to reconcile myself with a lot of things yeah. that maybe I, I didn't want to touch no more, or I was afraid of to be in, under, you know, public eye and all, all those things that I was like so afraid of that I was like so miserable um, to go through. So then I, I was like slowly able through the people's support and uplift, I was able to to kind of reconcile myself with all those emotions and to, to say, well, it's okay to appreciate that moment. It's okay to, to say, oh, wow, that was very good. I'm very happy and I'm very at peace and I'm, wow. And just after to say, well, it's not weird to just to be happy, you know, just like, oh, okay. That was very different for me as well. And, and after that, I said, well, maybe we, um, I might be open to do some moments like that in different setup, different cities. So I went to Germany. I was invited there. So we, we had like a few shows. I had the same feeling. I said, okay, it was Montreal was not even like, like some kind of a weird thing that happened that was nice. So Germany was cool too. Then I had like another time, like residency in, in New York, three nights. Oh, okay. Still those, I don't feel like those songs are losing their nature. In, in the contrary, they, they're, they're, they're able to bloom without me like, trying to hold everything for my to myself just like don't touch it it's my personal life it's my intimacy and then i saw those songs blooming to the point where when i've been invited to, to tour in europe that was the test for me i said if i'm able to go and play for i don't know 30 minutes uh, 30 30 shows in a row and to come back home and to say well I discover I, I'm still discovering things about those songs. Then it means that I'm at the right place at the right time. And this is really what happened. And that's why when I decided to release that record, it was because I felt and, and I felt not only good about it, but enthusiastic about discovering through other people's eyes what that concert was about, but also what those songs are about. I want to leave you off with this here from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in, which you've discussed about so far, you know, whether it's being artistic with your solo work, the Riddlers, your favorite enemies, long shadows, earning the well-deserved worldwide recognition with the award and nominations and touring Canada, Europe, Asia, Australia, Africa, you know, being an advocate and sort of a leader for human rights and social activism, publishing the books you have, you've experienced so much and then some Alex, you know, and like I said earlier, you are one of the most humble guests I've ever had on here. And it's been such an honor, but what is the most rewarding part for someone like you who is now at this point in their career at the same time has been involved with so many other different aforementioned, brilliant artists, organizations, people throughout those junctures did all that just play a part in helping you grow as an individual and as an artist. In other words, do you ever stop to take a look back at how far you've come? Hmm. That's a good question. I think that the most precious part for me is to, to be grateful about it all because I've been able to do that without um, losing myself. And I was about to, and I'm still struggling about it because it's like, I'll always be in that position where, you know, fighting depression and that, that kind of like illness 
but I'm just happy that I've been able to, yeah, to, to appreciate things. I'm happy that I can appreciate things now. I, I never look back, to be quite honest, to say, wow, this is what I did. I mean, to be able to, to appreciate life now, for me, for, just from my perspective, it's such a, an, an, a, an incredible victory. But I know that it's a daily struggle that I need to remind myself every day, you know, when, when it's difficult for me, when I'm, when I'm struggling emotionally, when I have like to face the, you know, the shame of still being in that struggling um, dimension of my life. But I'm just happy that I'm, I'm looking to my friends and we're, we're having a good time. And we, 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 we came from nothing, but even though we, we experienced all that, what we kept was the most precious thing of all, which was our friendship. For me, that's the community that the rest of it, you know, I won't, I might, you know, it's, it, it, it's great. It's awesome. And, and I'm very thankful and grateful for everything that, that, that I, that I had and that I've been able to experience and create. But honestly, just when I like what, what are, what's very important for me is to, to say, well, to look at my friends, what, it's crazy guys, you know, just to realize that. And just like, look at us, you know, just like, yeah. it's, it's not look at us, what we, what, what we accomplish is just like, you know, we, we always promised ourselves to stop when our friendship won't be uh, at the center of everything. And we, we, had, we had our times. It was difficult at, at some points, had a little bit of a break. But the friendship was always what we had to protect. Among, among all things, you know, just yeah. whatever the career, whatever, all the things that you, it doesn't matter. Because, you know, I can, I can, I can sit today and just like, look at all the trophies and books and, and records and, and feel good about myself. But I mean, this is so, that would be so sad. That would be such a miserable way to live your life. Me, I look to, uh, you know, when, just to give you an example, Sonny, when doing those interviews, me, I, I'm very nervous. That's why I'm always talking. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's good. I used to be nervous for these things. I was like, should I just keep talking or yeah. what? I'm mean, you doing it for me. <laughs> so We're tough. on the same level. We're on the same spectrum. Yeah, here, man. I get it. I totally get it. So just to give you an example, like before the interview, my friends will text, send me jokes just because they know that I'm freaking out. Oh, well, okay. Well, really? Sure. Yeah. And, and, and they know that after I'm going to, first thing I'm going to do, just like call them and say, I told, uh, so how was it? Yeah, I, I I kept talking a lot. Like, yeah, that's the thing that I need to to work on. And then everybody was will crack and laugh. But that's the relationship. That's the intimacy that makes everything worth. You know, the joy, the the sadness, the pain, whatever, the exaltation, because you've got people that you care about that you can share with those emotions. Otherwise, it's it's it just like you know, it's. It's great, but it's it's it doesn't have any purpose. So for me, that's really what's precious to me, and that's why I'm so um, I feel so blessed, and I'm so grateful that that I can look and and still be with those guys. You know, I don't know if they feel the same. 
but I'm sure least... they do. We'll call them out. This will, <laughs> I don't know. Hey, this podcast is going to be everywhere. It will be on iTunes, Spotify, whatever. We're going to make sure they know. Um, what did I say earlier? Uh, I mean, if it wasn't for your music, I wouldn't be here today. So I, again, again, it's, it's an honor to just even be able to talk about anything with you. And I feel like, like I said, we could talk about hours and hours about just the weirdest shit. And like, well, I know that I can talk for hours. <laughs> so you better stop that thing. <laughs> hey, listen, I've done a hundred of these and this has been one of my favorites. I've done. For my listeners who, who don't know, like I talk a lot, obviously they know that. And to, finally I have a guest who talked more than I do. <laughs> this is good. I love yeah, that's it. Good. Well, that's good. I don't know if it's that good. We'll see. They'll t- they will tell us. No, they will. Uh, man, Alex, this has been, uh, God, uh, such an honor again. Uh, do you have any, before I leave you things off, you know, do you have any last words, any shout outs? Is anything you would like to plug in as far as standing under bright lights or maybe even your favorite enemies going forward? That, I don't know if you can. I don't know yet. I don't, this, is not, this is not something that it's really in the, um, that I'm envisioning right now because mm. I've got so many other things that I want to do. And I don't want, I don't want to play. I don't want to go back to your favorite enemies just for the sake of doing it and to take people hostage of something. Oh yeah, we need to do that. And it's, you know, yeah, no, no, you don't, no, it's, it's whatever you want to do, man. You know, oh yeah, exactly. So, you get to choose so your more, timeline. I'm more, I'm more, yeah, I'm more in the, in the creative motion now. And if I have like anything to say to, to just thank you and thank you for, um, your time for allowing me to be myself to make your you, you really made me comfortable before the interview I'm very very thankful and be safe I mean I know that you guys in Texas now you're you're mask free so uh, I, I know got, that everything I is still bigger got... in Texas everything is bigger in Texas <laughs> bro bro I mean, my mask dude it's crazy my mask was like <laughs> it was like this big like last March now it's like this big so I have like a stack of them just like sitting on my uh, on my shelf. I'm just like, do I even wear this? Like the worst part is if you go out with a mask, like people will make fun of you. Like now, yeah, like people yeah. like anti-maskers or whatever they like, whatever they're called. Like they're just, they'll just say, oh, hey, he's wearing a mask and I should probably say something. And I don't know, man. That's but, just but it that means, what but it is. The good thing is it means that even the virus is scared of that great spirit of Texas. So that's awesome. No, I'm just kidding. But no, no, yeah, true. just be safe, guys. But but be safe. And it's I, I know it's been a long time. It's been just distressing that period. But I mean, let's let's really focus on what's very um yeah, let's let's remain hopeful because this is what we need to, you know, to to feed ourselves with and to share. So and yeah, yeah. Let, and hold let, on. I'm gonna be in I'm gonna be in Dallas in no time. Yes, and we will stay in touch. And here, and everyone is listening. Speaking of, you know, staying busy, make sure you guys pick up that live album, Standing Under Bright Lights, comes out April 16th on Hopeful Tragedy. Um, Alex Henry Foster, what a legend, man. You are a legend. And uh, I can't wait till we do this again. And you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, any major podcast stream you have. Check us out on interviewonfire.com. Alex, you stay safe too. And I'll talk to you next time, buddy. Thank you, brother.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.com.